2: Wake up! Welcome into Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Uh, we're glad to have you here. I'm Mark Cox along with Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. Hi there. Ready to talk about some great stuff today, some Canadian fishing, which sounds like a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. Of of the of the people in the room <laughs> who's gone to Canada to fish. Uh, the producer, I have. not either one of the hosts. We are not qualified. Well, we're not qualified to talk about <laughs> it. But uh, I grew up in Minnesota, so of course I did some fishing up there.
2: I did a did little, cross a little bit of fishing in Canada many years ago uh, on a place called the Fraser River up, up, mm-hmm. up uh, north of uh, Seattle. But it was, it was underwhelming.
3: So Underwhelming, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to be just whelmed. I don't want to be overwhelmed. <laughs> I wanted to be overwhelmed, <laughs> but, uh, boundary, but I wasn't overwhelmed. You know, one mm-hmm. area of this world that uh, that has always intrigued me and I've never gone is the Boundary Waters Canoe Area, which is oh, you know, no motors, all canoeing, all rafting. You you know it has to be man powered to get across on those waterways. That's at the top of uh, Minnesota. And it's just, uh, I've seen pictures. I mean, it, the state of Minnesota is beautiful, you know, especially if you can see it from the view of the back of a mosquito, because uh, you can fly <laughs> those around. Yeah, yeah.
1: no kidding. Uh, Are there really yeah.
3: 10,000 lakes? 14,000, actually. Oh. Oh,
1: check I, with me. I have, I have fished at Izaydee's Resort in Minnesota.
3: Oh, uh, man, our family used to go up to North. We'd go going up north, mm-hmm. uh, and we'd go up and you know take over a whole resort. It was fantastic. Actually, that was the link to the first radio station I walked into in Brainerd, Minnesota, because the morning guy of that radio station owned the Eagle's Nest Lodge where our family stayed, and I was a little intrigued by yeah. radio, yeah. and he goes, why don't you come with me? because well, he you heard that voice even back then. At 14. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At 14. Uh, and that and I actually, that was the first time I got to go in and just sit there and sweep the floors and get him coffee. It was it was just... Nice. And here I am. But anyway, uh, last weekend, I was shocked. Went out. Uh, my wife and I decided on Mother's Day, we don't have children, but we wanted to enjoy the day. Went for a drive, and we went out to... We made it as far as Cuba, and she, we were going to go to... It's some about antique,
1: 60 miles out of yeah, the we, Yeah,
3: we were going to uh, get a bite to eat and go to some antique stores. We see a flea market right there, Union. Yeah. We jump off. She's mm. like, oh, good. We can stretch our legs. So we're walking around. They're selling firearms at a couple of these booths, and I don't know. I didn't ask the question, but I didn't know. I mean, there's obviously no Wi-Fi. Are they doing background checks or whatever? I was shocked because the prices of the firearms at this uh, flea market were probably 100% marked up. Of course. Because uh, what I could buy in a store for 325 was four fifty. It sure. was like shocking, and they had a huge array of firearms. I just thought, I don't know if that's if that. Well,
2: it's legal. You can I can sell a firearm to you. I can sell a firearm to Carl. I can set up a booth somewhere and sell my firearms to the public. But the but the law is the same. It's traced right. back to you. You it comes back on you. You are not allowed to sell a firearm to somebody who's not supposed to have one. So if you make that transaction and you don't get the name of who you're selling the the weapon to. You know, they could come back on you. And you're breaking the law if that happens. Right. So hopefully, people, uh, you know, would would do that in good conscience. And if they're not, then they deserve to be arrested for it.
3: Well, I, so my thought was, okay, if if I wanted to buy one of your firearms, yeah, and you knew that I was crazy as a outhouse rat, you would probably not sell it to me, right? Correct. Well, how do you know if you're if you're at a flea market, you know? It, it, I mean, ultimately,
2: I'm not responsible for you, but I mean, again, you, what you're speaking to there speaks to the 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 cracks in the in the floor of our system, and the cracks are that if you've had a domestic violence uh, situation in your past, yeah. you're not going to pass a background check. If if you've had if you've been in a mental ward, that may or may not be on your background check. Right. Right. So there are there are cracks in 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 that. That's what needs to be strengthened. We don't need more gun laws. We just need to strengthen the ones that we have to make sure that those sorts of loopholes, if you want to call them that, aren't there anymore. Remember, you had the situation for a while where the the guy was convicted of domestic assault. When he was in the military but the records never got transferred to his yes. civilian record so he went and was able to buy a handgun and then he went out and committed a crime with it
3: those are the kinds of things they need to fix in my opinion and this is my point uh, I am a law-abiding gun owner I believe in background checks at, at the level we're at now nothing crazy uh, but it was just shocking to me and, and a matter of fact I, I, as soon as I saw the prices I was like ooh. These prices are way up there, um, but I guess you know they're paying for that <laughs> that service. But I believe in background checks. I it's 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 a it's, a, it's a, a, a line of defense, whether they're you know lying on the form or not. It, it, at least it's an effort, right? That's it's my a point. R- risky a
2: risky proposition, I think uh, personally, to go sell your your firearms at a, at, in a situation like that. Absolutely, because you you don't know for sure who you're selling them to. And whereas you go- if I sell them to your or Carl at least you know, I I I know I'm dealing with
3: a, a level of crazy right here <laughs>
2: relatively sane people No, yes. I'm just kidding <laughs> word well, radio not so much thanks
3: uh <laughs> But yeah, I, I, again, I, I j- yeah. just shocked at that. Um, did you uh, celebrate Mother's Day in a big way? Oh,
2: uh, we went camping.
3: Oh, see, absolutely. That's and then perfect.
2: somebody, I ran into one of our account managers, and I asked her, "I like, so what are you doing for Mother's Day?" And she said, "Oh, my family's coming over. We're going out to lunch. Uh, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "We're going camping." She said. And your wife agreed to that? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, she agreed to that. She was her idea. So, yeah, I was off the hook. We just hopped in the camper and went to the Lake of the Ozarks and stayed in a uh, campground down there. It was fun.
3: That's cool. And it
2: it wasn't as windy and horrible as it has been. It was windy on the way back, like 25-mile-an-hour gusts right it was, it was yeah
3: and i thought of you because I, I a buddy of mine sold a class a it was like a 2006 model but it's top notch he sold it uh, you know on the open market uh with no permit no background check sold it <laughs> sold it to a guy but uh and so i thought he was getting out of the camping world completely which i mean when you're in a class a you're not really camping glamping. you're more glamping you have all the you know indoor plumbing things like that well but he he decided he tells me No, what we're going to do is we're going to get one of those campers that slide into the bed of a pickup. Have you seen that technology lately? These things are massive. I mean, couches, kitchens with an island and fireplace. In the back of your pickup, a little different than the than the, the pickup what they used. Yeah, to, like, the, we had when <laughs> I was growing up. Yeah, yeah me too. That. Like the camper shell. Yeah, the shell on <laughs> <in> the back. <laughs> That's cow. all you get. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those things run thirty, forty, fifty thousand. They've got those ones, the campers that uh, expand up, so it's got mm-hmm. you know soft sided. But I thought, man, saw it, those all over out west when we were out there. It's got better on gas, better on taxes too. You don't have to pay personal property tax on those. Really? really? Yeah, because it doesn't have wheels. Huh. Mm-hmm.
1: I think Bo might have just... Everyone listening is going, huh. I've cracked the code. And you have made some sales. You Well, yeah, I,
3: I just think it's a genius idea. Here's the other thing. You get to your campground destination, put the legs down, your camper's standing there, you can pull your truck out from underneath it, and you can go have transportation instead of dragging something or pulling something. Yeah, but
2: my guess is you, it still counts as a trailer. I'm pretty sure. You think sure. because
3: it doesn't have wheels? And it doesn't land on your personal property. Okay, tax. all right, interesting. I'm pretty sure. I'll have until I, they that, close that's... that loophole. No, I, just, <laughs> oh, I you right. just ruined it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Whoops. Sorry about well, that. Well, at least
2: the legislature went out of session at 6 p.m. on Friday. So yeah. they can't. They can't get us this year. <laughs> Next year. <laughs>
3: uh, okay. So uh, the, uh, the morning uh, before the taping of this show, I sent you the article about magnet fishing.
2: Yes. Pretty cool. But, you know, again, you know, I'm going to be the guy that, that pulls out the old rusty fork that somebody dropped in the river and not what that guy pulled out. Yeah,
3: but maybe Jesse James ate off that fork. Who well, knows? It could have been knows? a treasure. Yeah, or or
1: yeah, like yeah. in Lake Mead, you'll get the
3: 55-gallon drum well, with the body, yeah. a body in it. I think they found a few. But this mag- I've never heard the term magnet fishing before. Now, you may look at me and you can picture me in Bermuda shorts with a metal detector on the beach. But this is going to be my new pastime, I guarantee you. I've got a, I have got do have a metal detector mark, but I've never used it. I've never dug. But I want to do this magnet fishing. So what? this guy found a safe. He right? found a safe. There's people that have found all kinds of things. Um, and it reminded me of a story down in Orlando when I was living there. We're driving one day, and I, we, my wife and I are brand new to the, uh, central Florida, and we're driving across this bridge over this lake. I'm like, wow, nobody's on this water. It's cool out. It's beautiful. So I get on the radio the next Monday morning. I'm like, why is nobody on Lake Jessup? They said, that's where they put the vagrant alligators. Gators. and the re- So they dump them. They grab them from your neighborhood, dump them in this lake. Later that year, Daytona Bike Week happens. Uh, FBI comes in and finds that they were taking stolen motorcycle frames, throwing them over that bridge of that lake, mm. and they were bringing them out by the hundreds. That's what They would just pull up in the middle of the night, offload their truck of stolen motorcycle frames, and away they go. Keep but, the engines and everything. Is that what they do? They would keep the yeah. yeah okay, they would keep yeah, the, the yeah. valuable Strip parts. It for parts. Can yeah. you believe that? That's that's a genius idea. Because who's going to go looking for it? Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like Lake Mead. Let's dump the body in the barrel. <laughs> in Lake Mead, nobody'll ever find it. Forty years later. Oh wait, the water's gone down. Do you think? Do you think that they will find? The Do you think they'll be able to close that case? I think they probably
1: will. By they already what's know left? They already know him because of his shoes they My. figured out what year it was because of the shoes he was wearing wow they can find out who this person is that's crazy. I've, I've got shoes that are 15
2: years old how, how would they if they caught, if they found me wearing them would they think that I died 15 years ago I mean seriously <laughs> they don't know when the guy bought those shoes
1: no I weren't they I think they were new
3: shoes that they were
1: custom made
3: okay still have the pay list. Must have been got, it. still well, have the pay list slip uh, a yeah. sticker on the bottom of. Yeah, here's, here's the mafia I, guy here's with what the I loved.
2: List. I love the headline that said, uh, th- the fines in Lake Mead harken back to the days when the mob was active in Las Vegas. You want me to believe they're not still
3: <laughs> active
2: in Las Vegas? Maybe they're not dumping bodies in Lake Mead anymore. But my guess is, if there's gambling going on, there's there's a criminal element there. Yeah, but, 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 but,
3: but you're 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 painting you're, you're, you're painting, a br- you're painting a, 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 with one brush. No, if you have not, did, did you love The Godfather? I did. Did you watch The Offer yet? No.
1: It's on Paramount+. Plus.
3: It is, and I've been watching it. Check it out. This is your inside homework. Uh, It's about how the Godfather was made. Now, I don't know if it's true or not. It seems like it is, but there was a lot of pushback from you,
2: Tony, and the boys. (laughs) (laughs) Sinatra didn't want that made. Anyway,
3: search Magnet Fishing. You'll enjoy that.
2: All right. Speaking of fishing, if you've always wanted to go to a lodge up in Canada, like really remote fishing This is pretty cool. We're going to tell you uh, all about it coming up. Pipestone Lodge, it's called, on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors.
1: Call from mom. Answer it.
0: Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors and Second Amendment Radio. I had to say it in that order this time because we're about to talk about the Great Outdoors uh, in a fantastic way. Uh, Because Carl has gotten to go do something I've always wanted to do, which is spend time fishing up in Canada, like a long time. You've gone for how many years since 2017?
1: 2017. We didn't get to go the last two years because... You know, the administration
3: closed the border for us. Yeah, yeah, the country's closed. Yeah. Uh, I grew up fishing in Minnesota, which is kind of like Canada liked. Uh, it's close, <laughs> it's close. Well, this is close.
2: Then let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's introduce our guest. Art Perchulek is joining us. He's the owner and proprietor of the Pipestone Lodge up in Emo, Canada. Now, Bo, that's just across the border from International Falls, Minnesota. So you might know something about that.
3: Next, I've of the been woods. close. I've been close. I've been uh, to uh, Duluth and uh, uh, what was the town? Cloquet, Minnesota. Is that right up there? Yep. I think so. How are you? Good, yourself? Good, good. And his wife, Jenny, is part of this program as oh, well. Oh, we Gen- Jenny makes the best fish. So you've actually been to his place? Yeah. Uh, Pipestone Lodge on Pipestone Lake. I had no idea. Well, welcome to the program, sir. How are you?
2: Thank you. I'm doing good. So tell us, uh, you know, my my first question for you is, are things finally getting back to normal for your industry? Because uh, what a challenge uh, you've faced in particular uh, you know, as, as somebody who, who re- depends on people coming from the United States to fish. Yeah, well,
4: like you said, we are like 100% American guests. And since uh, 2019 or 2020, the, the, the border was closed for, what, two seasons? Mm-hmm. And uh, now we are slowly getting back. Uh, the border is opening again now. Uh you got well, you have to be fully vaccinated to cross the border with uh, the rive can. But uh yeah, we're slowly getting back. Uh we hopefully we're gonna have a, an open season this year
3: you know, all over the country, uh, North America, you know, weddings were being put off left and right. But as soon as there was a glimpse of hope, they started like booking them up and now weddings are like, you know, backlogged for two or three years. People are trying to get that done. Is that the same situation with your reservations? Like Carl is, you know, a, a, a customer and a client for a long time. Uh, are you having your, your former guest trying to get in, uh, to get a week to come up and go fishing with you?
4: Yes. Yes. Yeah, actually we are now. So it's, uh, It's well, people have been booked two years and been waiting to get up. And so these guests that have been booked booked for two years now are starting to come back. (laughs)
2: That's great. So to to kind of set the stage for us a little bit, Art, for people who never been to Pipestone Lodge or, or seen Pipestone Lake and everything you got up there. What are people in store for if they if they book a trip with you?
4: Well, the thing is, like you said, we're just across the border from International Falls, Minnesota, which is about 40 minutes across the border. Um, And what we do is, is even though we're so close to the border, we're very secluded because what we do is uh, we'll come and pick you up with a, we've got a 22-foot boat, and we'll come pick you up at the dock. We'll take you about eight miles, and then we have to go over a mechanical portage. What happens is that this thing comes in the water, picks up our boat, takes us across into another lake and then we've got another about eight or ten miles to go by boat and our and our lodge is on this island
3: so what is your season uh, up there for guests to be uh, to be visiting uh, up at your place at pipestone Lodge well we are uh,
4: opening up on a week on Saturday which is our may long weekend so that'd be the 21st and we usually go until about the middle of to the end of september
3: Ooh, so it's really kind of a short season you never have winter guests you never have winter guests up there correct we
4: had before <laughs> we do get a couple of people that do come up and they'll visit because it's i mean uh, it's like 30 40 below out here in four feet of ice so it's, it's a little uh chilly <laughs> and, uh,
3: and you stay there or do you go to florida or cancun or something like that
4: no no, no, we we go to uh, Palm Springs in uh, in in California for, for the you. winters.
3: Well, on your on yeah. your lodge, let me ask you how many how many cabins or what what's the setup like? Is it primitive camping or or what what's it like?
4: Well, well, we've got eight cabins, and uh, uh, they range from uh, one to two bedrooms. You know, some cabins can sleep three or four, some up to eight cabins, and they've got everything. I mean, we got the we've got the flush toilets, the, you know, hot and cold water. I mean, you know.
1: Wi-Fi. Wow. Whoa. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi at the lodge.
3: You got the, That's a lot. Is yeah. that the Elon Musk Starlink thing? Is that how you get that <laughs> yeah. up there?
4: Y- yes, it is. Oh. Actually, it is, yeah. Look at me.
3: Look at me. Well, you know, I'm just thinking about this. With the business down so much, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of lodges up there, but uh, we are talking to Art Perchalock. Um, there's got to be a ton more fish. Nobody's been fishing the lakes and the rivers up there. They're all waiting That's for true. you.
4: That's true. We uh, uh, actually just uh, last year, we went up there and just did some bass fishing and some walleye fishing. And, uh, yeah, it's it's quite fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, so tell us a bit more about the fishing and, and what you're catching. I mean, I, I've fished through the years for walleye, obviously trout and uh, bass. Um, you, you've got a lot of uh, choices, don't you?
4: Yeah, well, we got our smallmouth bass, and we also got uh, quite a few largemouth bass. Then we got our muskies, our musky launch, our lake trout, and our walleye, and our northern pike too. So we got quite a variety of fish up here.
3: Well, his name has a, a fish name in perch. it. Perch. Perch. perch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used to go perch fishing up in uh, uh, Goose Lake, up in Minnesota, many years. So, are you an American or are you a Canadian, sir? I'm a I'm a Canadian. Okay, okay. So, and did you grow up in that area? Is this why you got into this uh, this world?
4: Yeah, we actually uh, we're up uh, probably about 200 miles north of where we got our water our lodge. But yes, but I I've lived on the water all my life, pretty well.
2: Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. So, so you know, occasionally I'm I'm sure this happens. Uh, fairly frequently with people who think this would be a good idea and then they show up and then you end up with somebody like Carl and and, and what do you do when when somebody like Carl shows up at the lodge?
3: city slicker
2: yeah I was
4: (laughs) actually I mean we got guide service and stuff like that and and, you know I'm always around and and I like to go around fishing with the guests too so it's 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 a lot of fun I mean once you get to it it's it's fun
3: how long has uh, Pipestone Lodge uh, been in existence
4: well, we've had it now for 28 years, and it's been in existence since uh, the early 70s. Wow. So 50s, yeah, so it's been quite a
2: while, yes. Well, I mean, I, here's what I love, and maybe maybe Carl has, I'm sure Carl's got a few questions for you as well. Um, I, I, I love the fact that when Carl told us about this interview, and we're going to have Art on, he referred to him as my friend Art. <laughs> I, I, he, now he's been up there in, a few times, and you, your customers end up turning into friends. I think that's great.
4: Oh yes, I mean, uh, uh, Carl came up with his friend Tom Mesmer, who's been coming up here for uh, geez, I'm just probably about twenty five years with us, and and we've become like like you said, good friends.
3: That's that, fantastic.
1: My first year I went up there, 2017, I caught 20 fish and i documented every single one of them cuz i did not think i would do that well right and then the next year i caught five fish uh-oh and then the last year we went 20 uh, 2019 we i caught like about a dozen so i'm happy it's all about the camaraderie camaraderie and sure. being with your friends and Drinking the place dry. Fish stories,
3: and- uh, yeah. And uh, so, uh, because you guys are so remote, uh, where do you guys get provisions to restock the resort?
4: Well, we we go to uh, go to town once a week, and it's uh, like a whole day. I mean, like I said, it takes us about an hour to get to our vehicle. Then we go to town, which is another hour, and then of course, you know, we have to shop. You know, so then we come back. It's yeah, once a week we go to town to get all our fresh stuff.
3: But you have fresh water on the property. You mentioned uh, fl- uh, flushing toilets. Whoa, indoor plumbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to truck. <laughs> you don't have to truck in the water. You've got plenty of water around there, right? No,
4: our water. Our water is so clean and so clear. I mean, you, I mean, you can just drink water out of the lake. It's so good. But but we've got we've got a system there, a water system that that purifies
3: everything and cleans it up for us. Well, in the winter months in uh, St. Louis, they bring in the boat show and the RV show and things like that, and that's where a lot of people will find places like yours. Uh, other than this radio interview, uh, how do you guys market Pipestone Lodge?
4: Well, we got, uh, like you say the sports shows. We usually do shows in uh, St. Louis, Chicago, Minnesota, and stuff like that. And, of course, the Internet is, is big. And then uh, we got a couple of magazines.
2: Wow, cool. PipestoneLodge.com is the website for people that want to check it out. Uh, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we used to fish in Lake Erie all the time. And, and we were forever, like, it was legendary. We were forever... Paranoid back in the 80s that we were going to somehow drift across the canadian <laughs> line and the, and the rumor was if that happens there's some evil canadian Mounty over there who's going to is they're going to take your boat and all the fish on it and all that how how are the rules different in canada than then what than they are in in the u.s when it comes to limits and all that stuff is there is there any difference that you need to know about well, where we
4: are there on pipe zone, we do kind of have a size limit on our walleyes. Uh, I mean, you're allowed to keep four four walleyes and uh, four bass and stuff. And what we do is we release all our big fish in order to, so they can, because uh, they're our main spawners. Yeah. And so, like, our lake isn't uh, supplied at all. I mean, it's all natural.
1: Yeah, I have a Canadian fishing license
2: oh okay Show so off. you do have to
3: have,
1: well, you that. have you have to get, have a canadian fishing license and then you have to get your
2: fishing permit
3: i want to hear more about this uh, evil canadian mounty <laughs> that, that it
2: was a rumor i mean we never saw anybody but <laughs> but that was back before gps and all that right, right. you'd go up there with a with a depth finder and you'd be out around west sister island and you'd be looking for the you know for the for the right place <laughs> to fish for walleye and the rumor was because the limits were so much less in canada that if you if yep. you happen to drift across the Canadian line because you can't see obviously it's not like there's a <laughs> there's no line lines. in the water <laughs> like the dots aren't there pole. like on the map uh, the the rumor was if they catch you and you were over your limit they'd confiscate your boat and all that stuff so we were all, we are always very paranoid about where we were in relation to that island the we evil
3: fishing. Canadian Mountie <laughs> yeah,
2: we didn't know who they were Dudley do wrong <laughs> as opposed to Dudley do right <laughs> we never we never saw anybody we never had the problem with there were always rumors about now that.
1: that's great. we bumped in with one of these nights by eagles art was at one of the in fact the last show where glenn fry was alive oh wow it actually took place yeah.
3: in st louis that's a nice touch that was well very yeah. cool uh so um uh do you have any plans to come back to st louis anytime soon
4: well, we were supposed to do a show there this year, but of course it got canceled. But uh, we're hoping that uh, that next—I think it's in next February—that we will be in St. Louis.
3: Good. And of good.
4: course, I got my, I got my friends there. I want to visit, like uh, Carl.
3: There yeah, you go, I like Carl. Um, <laughs> and and are you booked up for this entire season? or Are you still looking for bookings uh, for twenty two?
4: Oh, we're still looking for bookings for twenty two. The thing is, is that uh, uh, to come across the border, you got to be fully vaccinated, and so some people are not getting vaccinated so so they have to cancel and they're and they're hoping that by next year that we can be able to come across without yeah. having been vaccinated so, so that's why we've got some openings is because of that
2: so what what does that mean uh now art is it different in canada that is in the u.s is it is that t- two shots and a booster or what do they consider fully yes. vaccinated
4: yes it is yeah two shots and a booster yeah
2: okay all, All right. right. They got you. They're going to get you there, right? <laughs> if you want to go fishing, yeah, you're going to get the that's booster. That's right.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Art, thank you very much for joining us on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, or in this case, the Great Outdoors and Second Amendment. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and it looks like I'm going to be seeing uh, Art at
3: the end of June. Oh, are you booking? I think we're already Sorry, booked. They're booked. Oh, yeah. nice.
4: Yeah, they're booked. They're booked.
3: Art, right, a pleasure talking to you, sir. Uh, Art Perchalock. Uh, look him up online at PipestoneLodge.com. If you want to go to Canada and do a little fishing in the wild, wild blue yonder. It's Please beautiful there. Please tell Jenny
2: we said hello. Thank you very much, and I will do that, Carl. Thank you. Excellent. Art Purchalek, thank you so much. Uh, great talking to you. Coming up, I know you know the name of Lance Corporal Jared Schmidt, One of our fallen uh, heroes died in Afghanistan. We're going to talk to his dad. His dad has done a fantastic honor to his son's memory trying to help veterans of all sorts we're going to tell you more about how you can pitch in coming up on second amendment radio and the great outdoors
3: Of Evident Radio and the great outdoors alongside Mark Cox. My name is Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. Pew pew. This segment is brought to you proudly by Razorback Armory. They've got a bullet points podcast on their website, RazorbackArmory.com. You can stop in and talk to them. You're going to get more knowledge than you will at just a regular gun store. And God bless all the gun stores out there, but a gun concierge is different, it's more detailed, it's more specific, and they can get some custom, even fully automatic f- firearms for you. Check them out online at RazorbackArmory.com. They're in depair. When you go in, tell them Bo sent you to Razorback Armory.
2: Absolutely. want to tell you about an event that is uh, coming up. I know we have a lot of veterans who listen to this show and our radio stations, we, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, one of the big stories in St. Louis, uh, unfortunately, in the past nine months was the death of Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz uh, in Afghanistan, one of 13 who lost their lives there. And just as U.S. troops were pulling out, it was covered uh, you know, all across the country. And uh, we've got Mark Schmitz on the phone with us, the father of Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, the Marine. And it, it, Mark, uh, welcome into Second Member Radio in the Great Outdoors, my friend. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. You know, you and I talked uh, on a number of occasions uh, about the Freedom 13, freedom13.org, this uh, this not-for-profit that you put together to kind of help out uh, other veterans. Uh, tell tell me where that idea came from and kind of what it's grown into.
5: Well, you know, honestly, we weren't real familiar with veterans out there and the military as a whole until our son joined and after he was tragically killed, we've uh, been kind of thrust into that world, and we've noticed one common denominator, and that is our veterans have not been taken care of very well by our government. So we felt that uh, Jared's life meant something and what his purpose was in serving the military. Uh, th- what we wanted to do was pay it back, you know, and pay it forward to the veterans who came before him and, um you know, there's wonderful programs out there for service dogs and PTSD and whatnot, but really, we we really wanted to show our appreciation and give them an opportunity to, you know, sit back and relax and and just reboot and maybe um, make some new friends who also served in the military as well. And by doing so, we we've come up with a concept of creating retreat centers across the country and just a place for them to to kick back and. And feel appreciated for what they've done for us and as a as a country and uh, we're starting right here locally in Robertsville, Missouri, with a two and a half acre riverfront property uh we are going to be building 13 homes down there for, for guys to sign up to use the the homes uh for one week at a time similar to an airbnb Wow they prove you know they pick the house they want the week they want to use it, and as long as it's available and they can prove they are a veteran, they go and use it for free.
3: That's wow. great. Mr. Schmitz, uh, hats off to you for doing this. You know, uh, when we lost Jared, and I, I feel like we, the entire country lost Jared, uh, as well as the other 12, uh, you were inundated with interviews, and how do you feel, and what do you, where are we at in your heart right now, nine months later? Uh, are you are you doing better? Is this helping you, this project helping you get stronger uh, after the loss?
5: This project is my reason for waking up every day. Good for you. Um, you know, we, my wife and I have a very uh, strong, deep faith in God, and we feel Jared around us all the time. uh Family and friends keep telling me how proud they are, or he is, of of, of us. And you know, I I can't help but to think that there's nothing I can do that's ever going to compare to how proud I am of him. So, you know, with that being said, I'm going to do this the rest of my life as long as I'm physically capable of doing it. And. uh you know, just I can't compete with my son—that's for sure. But if I could make him the least bit proud of me compared to how I am of him, then a job a
2: job accomplished. Well, I mean, what a legacy! I mean, that—that—that's what strikes me about it—is that so often these these tragedies happen, and then they become sort of a footnote in history. And 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 what you, I think what you've done here is you've created this legacy in his memory and the memory of the other uh, 12 service members who were killed that day so that from now on, when this gets uh, built up to what you envision it as one of these days, I mean, p- people are never going to forget. I think that's one of the keys here, right?
5: Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I never do anything small,
0: so
5: <laughs> I'm looking know. on the— uh, Trying to grow this thing to be upwards of you know towers for tunnel tunnels pardon me t- tunnels for towers right Garson East Foundation, that type of level over time it's going to take time to grow it, of course, but I would love more than anything by the time i'm i'm uh, to be reunited with, with Jared again uh, to say that we've got you know twenty villages under our belt. You know, in varying states and cities, and you know we're able to make a difference for the for the good for these guys. Uh, they deserve it.
3: Well, and we do want to get get out the information uh, at the end of this conversation to let people know when you'll be ready to accept guests. Uh, in the 13, which I just connected the dots, there's going to be 13 cabins on this property, uh, which represents all of the uh, the people. Are you are you uh, using another uh, venue as a, as kind of your your plan that you're working with to go, okay, they did this because, you know, they've already done, you know, the plan ahead of time. They've done this, so we're going to do similar to that. Are you working with other people around the country, as you mentioned?
5: Well, initially, when this all first started, we were going to target uh, homeless veterans, getting them back off the streets. Oh, and- wow. Reacclimated to society, and then I met some wonderful people over at Veterans Community Project. And honestly, these guys have got it figured out, you know. And there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. And ironically, they're building a 50-unit um, village here in St. Louis on North Grand to do exactly that: get homeless veterans off the street, reacclimated, and back into into the work, work workforce. But um, we actually donated $100,000 to their organization. To build two houses, one the house that Jared built, and one the house that the Freedom 13 built yeah. out of the 50. Um, I support those guys 100%. They've got it. They've got figure it figured out. Um, so rather than trying to duplicate what they're already doing, that's why we went the direction you know, of more of a retreat type environment. Sure, um, that's smart. Yeah. You know, so you know, it, we'll be, we'll always be looking for land donations. Um, I talked to a gentleman really early on. who had over 100 acres in Colorado. I was not prepared to take that on yet. Um, but, you know, something like that would present a, a horse ranch or side-by-side uh, side side UTV, you know, riding-type uh, retreat. This one here locally will be more of a fishing-type uh, one because it's literally right on the river. Right. You know, and that's a great therapy for guys that just need to, to reboot and re energize Yeah,
2: you know, uh, we're talking to Mark Schmitz, the father of a fallen Marine, Jared Schmitz, Lance Corporal, who lost his uh, life. It was killed in Afghanistan only nine months ago. You know, Mark, I, I, you and I only met obviously after this incident. I, I, I don't even know honestly what you do for a living. D- d- did you have a skill set that? Lent itself to managing something of this size. Are you learning as you go along? You got other people that are helping you. How are you doing this?
5: A little bit of both. I, I run two businesses now. One's a professional photography, videography, drone business. The other is a uh, is a drink truck, so similar to a food truck, but only a, mo- a mobile bar instead. Yeah. Uh, my wife is also self employed. She runs her own insurance uh, brokerage. Um, so you know, we kind of come from that world. But this is obviously something completely different. So I'm always open to help, always open to new ideas. Uh, Speaking to those that actually know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, we we are definitely winging it as we go, but you know, you learn from your mistakes and hopefully don't repeat them. So um, I, I welcome the challenge. It's, Certainly rewarding, that's for sure.
3: Well, and it makes you think of your son every single day and uh, his fellow comrades sure. that uh, that we lost. Uh, so are you looking for volunteers to, like, help man it, help people uh, with the kayaking and the cleaning of the, the places? And uh, really more importantly, when will you be up and running and ready for guests?
5: Okay, so we're projecting probably about a year and a half for this project. Uh, we've got to have some of the land graded first. I was told that's going to take about four months. As far as volunteers, absolutely, we'll be needing them. But right now, we don't okay. exactly need them physically. We certainly could use their help spreading the word. Um, how about
3: how about make, how about the people that can move that earth for you? Are you looking for companies that can donate their time and equipment, or, or vice, you know, or one of the other to help level that property? You need to.
5: That would be wonderful. I, I have spoken to two grading companies so far. Uh, both have donated some of their time. Right. Uh, one was. Mentioning if we keep their equipment fueled, they'll donate the equipment in the time. So, you know, things of that nature. Uh, you know, I, I haven't committed to anyone just yet. There's still some moving parts that need to be taken care of first. But, uh, you know, it's definitely not going to be an overnight process. Um, but we'll see. You know, uh, anybody who's got connections in that world, they can certainly reach out to me. I'm happy to talk to just about anyone about it.
2: Yeah, and, and we're talking about the, the, the current property, two and a half acres down in Robertsville, plans to develop more across the country as this thing starts to grow. You know, Mark, when I had you on my show the other day, we talked about the fact that roughly the foundation has raised $600,000, something along those lines so far. Clearly, mm-hmm. just this project alone might cost you more than double that. Uh, let's talk about the gala that you've got planned now.
5: Yeah, our first inaugural gala is coming up on May 22nd. It's Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll be leaving port at uh, Yacht Club of St. Charles uh, on the Miss Augusta yacht. Uh, it seats 140 people. We still have a handful of tickets re- remaining. Um, anybody that's listening to your show can use the coupon code founder, founder25 Founder for $25 off if they so choose. Uh, it's just going to be a great afternoon. Hopefully some decent weather. You know, nice, uh, enjoyable cruise along with some live auctions, silent auctions, raffles. Uh, I did get confirmation that uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert from Colorado will be coming in town for this and she'll be giving a brief speech. Uh, so that's wonderful. I had reached out to her after she stood up during the State of the Union and shouted out, What about the 13? Yeah. yeah. And I called her personally to thank her and invited her, and she actually is coming. So. <laughs>
2: Well, wow, that, yeah, that's fantastic. So again the 22nd, so in about a week and about a week and a half roughly on a Sunday mm-hmm. you can take part in this. People can go to the freedom13.org. It's important to include the, the the at the beginning of that. thefreedom 13org to find out more details, right?
5: Absolutely. All you have to do is click the events tab and that'll take them right to the page regarding the gala.
3: Well, I, I also want to point out that you know there's a lot of generous people that support our military uh, and our fallen military. That if you're an electrician or a plumber or a, a land grader or whatever, and you want to volunteer, uh, that website will also connect them to you. Correct?
5: That is correct, and we'll certainly be updating it as we go, letting people know what we're in, in need for as uh, as the time comes. I've been kind of trying to keep a database of all the people that have volunteered so far. Sure, you know. So we'll we'll just keep that that list growing and uh, certainly reach
2: out to everybody as we need them.
3: So excited for you, man! What a what a great mission to be on, Mark. It really is uh, good talking to you again. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, Mark. Uh, listen, always always a pleasure. Any way we can ever help you out on uh, on my show there on ninety seven one, you be sure and just reach out and we'll we'll get you on there.
5: I appreciate that. Yeah, we're definitely going to need as many funds as we can get. I know this first project is going to have a price to close to two million dollars, so we got a long way to go, but we'll get there
2: absolutely mark schmitz thanks for your time today thank you very much you bet um gr- great to get mark on here again the freedom 13.org that's coming up may 22nd They're their their kickoff gala it's going to be on a on a on a cruise you, you get to go on a boat cruise uh, you buy your tickets they're going to have uh, live auction items on there you can listen to lauren bobert he said there were only a handful of tickets left, so you better snatch those up It's something you uh, want to take part just,
3: in. Yeah, just a week out. TheFreedom13.org <laughs> uh, You know, a lot of uh, great information here that we've shared on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. If you if you liked what you heard, please share the podcast uh, and uh, to your friends and family and uh, spread it around. Put it on your own social media.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, that does it for us. Uh, this edition of Second Member Radio and the Great Outdoors. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time around.
3: See you, boys
2: get more at 971talk.com
1: We really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month New iPhone 15s it's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get 4 iPhone 15s on us and 4 lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch <laughs>